Welcome to WADA, ADA Live Talk Radio, brought to you by Southeast ADA Center, your leader for information, training, and guidance on the Americans with Disabilities Act. And here's your host. Good afternoon and welcome to WADA, ADA Live. On behalf of the Southeast ADA Center, the Burton Blatt Institute at Syracuse University, and the ADA National Network, welcome to the 12th episode of ADA Live. The topic of today's show is website accessibility. ADA Live listening audience, you can submit your questions about website accessibility at any time on adalive.org. My name is Sally Weiss, and I am Director of Knowledge Translation for the Southeast ADA Center. Now I'd like to introduce today's speakers, Celestia Orazda and Marsha Swanke. Celestia is an information technology consultant for the Burton Blatt Institute at Syracuse University. She works across multiple projects as a web developer, instructional designer, research assistant, and survey manager. Her experience and research focus on accessibility and usability of web-based technologies and on the adoption of innovations in media-rich technologies. She's been instrumental in the creation and insurance of accessible electronic products. Also on research concentrating on access to and the design of learning technologies for individuals from diverse cultural and ability backgrounds. Marsha is a web developer for the Southeast ADA Center. She has been designing and developing, programming, testing, and managing content-rich, database-driven applications and distance education and online training projects since 2000 with a focus on maximizing usability and accessibility based on best practices research and established guidelines. Welcome, Celestia and Marcia. We're glad to have you join us. Thank you, Sally. Good to be here. Thank you, Sally. The Internet continues to dramatically impact our daily lives and how we work, play, and socialize. Businesses and government agencies routinely provide their information, programs, and services on websites, and some are even completely online. As a result, websites are available anytime and anywhere, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. However, poorly designed websites can create unnecessary barriers for people with disabilities, just as poorly designed buildings prevent some people with disabilities from entering. Our speakers today will be talking about web accessibility and what you can do to assure that your websites are accessible. Celestia, can you explain to our listening audience what web accessibility is? First of all, I want to start out by saying that many of the concepts and characteristics we will be discussing today can also be applied to other web-based applications, such as Word and PDF documents, video, and mobile apps. But given the limited time we have today, our focus today is on web accessibility. And to understand the basics of web accessibility, you know, need to know a few terms. Um, a web page is an Internet-based document that can contain a wide variety of information and multimedia content. A website is a collection of web pages. A web browser is a program installed on your computer or mobile device that downloads web pages and you use to access web pages on the Internet. A screen reader is a program that speaks written text. It allows a person to listen to the written text on a web page. Screen readers 
can only read text. They cannot read pictures or other images. So images need a text description. HTML is short for Hypertext Markup Language, a common programming language used to create web pages. Okay, thanks, Celestia. Now that you've given us some web language, can you talk about web accessibility itself? Sure. Um, what we need to keep in mind is that web accessibility is really about universal design. As Tim Berners-Lee, director of the World Wide Web Consortium, otherwise known as W3C, the organization that develops and maintains the protocols used on the web, explains, the power of the web is in its universality. Access by everyone, regardless of disability, is an essential aspect. In other words, making a website usable by all people in different environments using different technologies with different abilities. Wikipedia also has a great definition of web accessibility that we can all understand. Um, they say web accessibility refers to the inclusive practice of removing barriers that prevent access to websites by people with disabilities. When sites are correctly designed, developed, and edited, all users have equal access to information and functionality. Web accessibility addresses the online barriers faced by people with disabilities, including but not limited to people who are blind, people who have low vision or color blindness, people who have physical disabilities, people who are deaf and hard of hearing, and people who have learning disabilities. Web accessibility addresses the issues that put people with disabilities at a disadvantage when using the web. Web accessibility also focuses on how the website itself is designed and not on what information is posted on the site. Celestia, are you talking about usability? Um, good question, Sally. No, I'm not talking about usability. Accessibility is often confused with usability. However, usability is designing a website to be more efficient, effective, and satisfying for all people. It is about the user's overall experience, how easy it is for someone to find information on your site. But a website that has great usability for people without disabilities may have significant barriers for people with certain disabilities. So usability is not the same as web accessibility. Accessibility is also not about device independence. Device independence means designing a website so it can be used with a variety of devices, including phones, tablets, and older browsers. Improving the accessibility of your site will often improve how your site performs in terms of usability and device independence, but these terms are distinctly different and often confused. A website can pass stringent usability and device independence tests and still not meet accessibility standards. Celestia, what are the advantages of making a website accessible? Um, from a completely business point of view, by making your website accessible, more people will be able to access your content and services. After all, that's why we have websites to spread our message, right? We want to reach users with our products and services and to reach our students in our online education. If that's not reason enough, here are a few more reasons. Your website will be easier to manage and make changes. Your search ratings will go up. Your website will be more compatible with different technologies such as smartphones and tablets. Your site may load faster. The usability of your site will improve and accessibility benefits everyone. Plus, 
It's also a legal requirement under federal laws. Speaking of legal requirements, this question was submitted by one of our ADA Live listeners. Does the Americans with Disabilities Act apply to websites? Marcia, can you answer this for us? I'd be glad to, Sally. The ADA and Section 508 of the Rehabilitation Act both apply to web accessibility. According to the Department of Justice, state and local government agencies are required to have accessible websites under Title II of the Americans with Disabilities Act. However, it's worth noting that courts have also found that Title III or commercial entities may also have web accessibility responsibility. For example, in response to a class action suit filed in 2006 by the National Federation of the Blind versus Target, the court ruled that commercial websites such as Target.com are required to be accessible under the ADA and state laws. Federal agencies also have accessibility requirements. Section 508 of the Rehabilitation Act requires government agencies to ensure that their electronic and information technology, which includes websites, are accessible whether it's used by federal employees or the general public. Some state and local governments, as well as some businesses, have also adopted the Section 508 guidelines as their accessibility requirements. In addition, to help you understand and implement web accessibility requirements, it is also important to be familiar with the Web Content Accessibility Guidelines developed by the Web Accessibility Initiative of the World Wide Web Consortium, known as the W3C. The guidelines from the W3C are not a legal requirement, but they are widely regarded as the international standard for web accessibility. We'll give you a link to these guidelines and the other legal requirements we discussed on the resource list posted after this episode on adalive.org. I know it's hard to do on a radio show, but can you describe what an accessible website looks like? Actually, Sally, an accessible website does not have a specific look. It's important to be aware that supporting accessibility does not impact your ability to innovate and create beautiful web applications. Rather, incorporating accessibility in your website allows you to add a thin layer of functionality that does not alter your website's appearance. Web accessibility takes place behind the scene of what people see when they go to your site, but it does make a huge difference in what people with various types of disabilities experience when they explore, navigate, and use your website. Web accessibility will help you communicate more effectively to more visitors and provide a better experience for all your visitors. ADA Live listening audience, if you have a question about website accessibility, you can submit it at any time on adalive.org. And now a word for our, from our sponsors. The ADA National Network provides information, guidance, and training on the Americans with Disabilities Act tailored to meet the needs of business, government, and individuals at local, regional, and national levels. The ADA National Network consists of 10 regional ADA centers in the United States, providing local assistance to ensure that the ADA is implemented wherever possible. The ADA National Network is not an enforcement agency, but a helpful resource supporting the ADA's mission to make it possible for everyone with a disability to live a life of freedom and equality. Welcome back to the second part of our program. Our topic today is website accessibility. Celestia and Marcia, we have some more questions for you. 
What are some common problems and solutions in website accessibility? Marcia, let's start with you. Well, Sally, designing accessible websites is not as difficult as you may think. The goal is to make sure that people with disabilities have equal access to information and technology. Yes, there are many guidelines and protocols, but this type of guidance helps make your job easier. Website accessibility starts in the design, but retrofitting a website to make it accessible can be very expensive, time-consuming, and tedious. We can start by talking about some typical website features and making sure they don't provide barriers for people with disabilities. Let's start with images. Images and other graphics that don't have text descriptions are a barrier for people with visual or cognitive disabilities who use screen readers or text-to-speech technology. These programs can only read words, not images. To make images accessible, the image must have a text description, which is known as alternative text or alt text. When a screen reader comes across an image, it says image. Then it says, what's in the alt text? However, when the alt text is missing, the screen reader says image, and then whatever the name of the image file is, and the person will have no idea what the image means. You must provide alt text for images and other graphics. The alt text should explain the purpose or function of the image and describe the content of the image within its context. For example, if the image is a photograph of a man with a service animal in a news article, the alt text would describe the image within its context. In this example, the alt text could be man with a service dog. Another example would be if you have an image that is an icon, like the image of a thumb pointing up in social media, the alt text would explain the purpose or function of the image. In this example, the alt text could be likes or thumbs up. The alt text should not contain the words image of. It should also be succinct, typically just a few words. It is important to note that missing, incorrect, or poor alt text is one of the most common barriers to web access. Thanks, Marcia. I think I can picture this perfectly. What's the next thing to check? Well, Sally, links on web pages or websites can be problems. Make sure that links make sense on their own. A link should let you know what to expect after the link is selected. People who use screen readers and people who only use keyboards will often access a list of links to explore a web page. So if your web page has several click here links, what someone using a screen reader will hear is click here, click here, and will have no idea where the click here links will take them. Instead of ambiguous links like click here, a link should describe where it's taking you. For example, the link could be more publications or continue to topic four. Try reading just the link by itself. Can you make sense of where the link will take you or what information you will find after selecting the link? If not, make a change. Also, to be accessible, links should be clearly identified as links. They should not just look like more words in a sentence. Ensure that people can visually identify links when navigating a web page with a keyboard. Links should also be differentiated from text, such as being underlined 
and in a color that contrasts with the main text. Marcia, does color apply to anything else? Yes, it certainly does, Sally. You should also check the color contrast between the text and the background. Many people with low vision and people with color blindness see web pages differently. Some see only small portions of a web page at a time. Others cannot see very small text or images. Still, others can only see website content if it appears in specific colors. For these reasons, many people with low vision and color blindness use specific color and font settings when they access the Internet. For a website to be accessible, it must be designed to be able to adjust or override the web page display, including the text and background colors, as well as the font sizes. Actually, it's important that everyone visiting your website can read the text or content easily. So the font size should not be any smaller than 10 points. Also, websites should not rely on color alone to convey information. While color can help improve understanding, color cannot be seen by a screen reader or by some people with color blindness or low vision. For example, required information for online forms is often displayed in a certain color, such as red, and red-green color blindness is most common. So in order to be accessible, required information should also be set off by another notation, such as an asterisk. Thank you, Marcia. What about videos? Well, videos and other multimedia that are uncaptioned are not accessible to people who are deaf or hard of hearing. People who are blind or who have low vision also face barriers with videos. Captioning should always be provided for people who are deaf or hard of hearing. And actually, captioning has more global benefits. It helps people who do not have English as their primary language. It helps people using their web mobile device in a noisy environment. It helps people who have learning disabilities and people who are not auditory learners. In addition, because captioning is text-based, it can be picked up by search engines. Providing audio descriptions can help people who are blind get the most benefit from videos. People who are blind can hear what is being said, but providing audio description, such as changes in the setting, gestures, and other details, can make it easier for them to follow what is happening. What else do I need to know when I'm trying to put together a website? One important thing is to make sure each page has its own page title and that there are headings throughout the page. Headings help people using screen readers to navigate the page, but they also help everyone using the page by providing an outline so they can figure out where they are and what comes next. Another thing to remember, be sure that everything you provide on your website is formatted to be accessible, including documents such as Word and PDF files and PowerPoint presentations and online forms. Many of the same concepts and characteristics for web accessibility also apply to making accessible documents and accessible forms, such as color contrast, heading structure, and images with text descriptions. Do you have any other tips you want to share? Uh, yes, just a few more, Sally. Some other things to keep in mind when making a website accessibility include provide a skip navigation link at the top of web pages. 
This allows people who use screen readers to go directly to web page content. Also, avoid using all caps, which can be difficult to read and can also be read incorrectly by screen readers. You should avoid blinking, flashing, or rapid transitions, which can cause seizures in people with photoepilepsy. Finally, when you design online forms, ensure that there are descriptive labels and provide clear instructions. It's also helpful to provide a phone number where people with disabilities can get assistance, if needed, in completing and submitting the form. In summary, a responsive, well-designed website accommodates differences in technology, web browsers, and individuals, and works across a wide range of devices. Links to learn more about the concepts, techniques, and best practices of web accessibility will be provided on the resource list for this episode on adalive.org. Thank you. We'll pause now for a word from our sponsors and be right back. The Southeast ADA Center is your leader in providing information, training, and guidance on the Americans with Disabilities Act and disability access tailored to the needs of business, government, and individuals at local, state, and regional levels. The Southeast ADA Center, located in Atlanta, Georgia, is a member of the ADA National Network and serves eight states in the Southeast region. For answers to your ADA questions, contact the ADA National Network at 1-800-949-4232. Welcome back. We're talking about website accessibility with Celestia Arasta of the Burton Bright Institute at Syracuse University and Marcia Swanke of the Southeast ADA Center. Our next question is for you, Celestia. What can I do to get started on checking to see if my website is accessible? That's a great question, Sally. Um, frequently people will ask me, can you check to see if this website is accessible? Here's the link. Well, I can access the site, it's accessible to me. But this doesn't mean that it's accessible to everyone. What we really are talking about is the level of accessibility. For example, a web page that is predominantly a video with embedded links designed to be viewed on a large touchscreen monitor is accessible to the user that can see, hear, has the video technology enabled in the browser, and has the technology to navigate the site. However, for many users, the website is not accessible, and all they see is a large gray box stating the browser does not support this file. Um, as Marcia emphasized, um, designing a well-organized website and following the guidelines is the first step in making a website accessible. People need content that's easy to read, works on different devices, is easy to navigate, has good design, clear structure and color contrast, images and graphs are well described, the videos are captioned or there's transcripts, and the documents and downloads can be accessed by everyone, everywhere. A thorough check of the accessibility of your website requires web development technical expertise. However, there are a few tests that people without technical expertise can do to test for some accessibility features of websites. There are two ways to check the accessibility of your website, and you should do both. You can check it manually, and you can also use automated evaluation tools. Let's talk about checking your website manually first. There are many relatively simple manual tests you can do to check the accessibility of your website. Let's start with the simplest. Unplug your mouse 
and try navigating by keyboard only. Many people navigate a website using only their keyboard or other pointing devices. Check to make sure your links are clearly identified. As Marcia mentioned, links such as click here have no meaning when taken out of context, and neither does a link that is just a web address. Frequently, screen readers will navigate a site using links, and what they will hear is click here, click here, and have no idea where the link here will take them. Let the user know what they are clicking on. Another test you can do is check your language level. Is there plain language summary for complex content? Um, turn off the graphics and sound on your website. Can you still access and make sense of the content? Are there text descriptions for your images? Are your videos captioned, or have you provided transcripts for your videos? Another test you can do is um, resize the font on your browser. Do the fonts and graphics resize. View your website in other browsers and on an older computer. Test your site in different browsers such as Safari, Chrome, Internet Explorer. Test your website on a PC and a Mac. Does the website still display properly? Just because your website works and displays beautifully in the latest version of Firefox does not mean it will work with other browsers or with older browsers and operating systems. Thanks, Celestia. Will there be a listing of these manual test steps on the research list? Uh, we have provided instructions for some of these manual tests, such as resizing the text in your browser, turning off the graphics and the sound on the resource sheet that we'll post to adalive.org after this broadcast. We'll also give you links to websites where you can check the readability levels of the content you put on your website. I think we're ready to learn about the automated evaluation tools now. Okay. Um, it's also necessary to verify the accessibility of your website using automated evaluation tools. Web accessibility evaluation tools are software programs or online services that help determine if a website is accessible and can also be used to check the accessibility of your website for compliance to establish guidelines such as Section 508 and the W3C Web Content Accessibility Guidelines. Web developers usually have a few favorite tools. WAVE, which is the Web Accessibility Evaluation Tool by WebAIM, is one of the more well-known tools. This is a free tool that is available online and also as a web browser plugin. What I really like about this tool is that rather than providing a complex technical report, WAVE shows the original web page with a visual overlay that is color-coded so you can recognize the errors. WAVE also includes options to view the page without styles. This option displays the structure of your page and shows the text-only version, a great way to check the structure of your page and also your page without images. There are many other automated tools out there to automatically check accessibility. These include readability tests to analyze a web page to determine the reading level, um, color contrast analyzers to test whether the contrast between the background and the foreground is sufficient, image analyzer tests that ensure that the images have been specified properly, and screen reader simulators. The W3C has a comprehensive list of web evaluation tools that are provided on the resource list for this episode. The resource section also includes links to some of our favorite tools. Thank you, Celestia. We're running out of time, but Marcia, can you tell us briefly where I can get more information about web accessibility? 
Oh, why, yes, Sally. There is an overwhelming amount of information and resources about web accessibility, both online and in print, including tutorials, fact sheets, and checklists. So where to begin? Some of our suggested website resources include the W3C, WebAIM, and Section508.gov. Links to these resources will be available on the resource list for this ADA Live episode on adalive.org. There are also numerous opportunities both online and in person for training and discussing web accessibility, including webinars, courses, and social media vids. Some upcoming free webinars on web accessibility include the next webinar in the ADA National Network ADA Legal Webinar Series called Websites in the ADA Accessibility in the Di Digital Age on Monday, September 22nd. The ADA National Network also has an Accessible Technology Webinar Series with two upcoming webinars. Android is really accessible on Thursday, September 25th, and Accessibility Anywhere Almost captioning for web-based applications on Thursday, November 20th. In addition, the Southeast ADA Center and the Burton Budd Institute at Syracuse University are sponsoring a free webinar, Equality, the Struggle for Web Accessibility by Persons with Cognitive Disabilities, on Thursday, October 16th. In summary, making a website accessible from the start provides more flexibility and avenues for growth as technology changes so rapidly but always keep in mind that accessibility is an ongoing task. Even if a website passes all website accessibility checks, technology and websites are always changing. So continue to test even after all the tests have been done. At this time, I would like to thank our guest speakers, Celestia Araza of the Burton Bott Institute at Syracuse University and Marcia Swanke of the Southeast ADA Center. And thank you also to our ADA Live listening audience. The Southeast ADA Center is grateful for your support and participation in this series of WADA Live broadcasts. Join us next month on the first Wednesday, October 1st, when we will be talking about the LEAD Center, a national center on leadership for the employment and advancement of people with disabilities in honor of National Disability Employment Awareness Month. See you next month on WADA Live. Thank you for listening to ADA Live Talk Radio, brought to you by the Southeast ADA Center. Remember to join us the first Wednesday of each month for another ADA topic, and you can call 1-800-949-4232 for answers to your ADA questions.